Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We got Peyton Taylor coming on. She's done some great things out there, and I've been following her for years. Uh, remember, beginning of the year, I think I told her when we first launched, I wanted her on. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, because you did a song called Dear June, and I will talk about that. That touched me because I went through 19 years of addictions. Yes, I'm that. Thank you. So, so that was like one of them songs was like, wow, you know, <clears throat> um, because again, she went through, she was the June. So. <laughs> I, I, I love, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to hear y'all's story, you know, so, so great, but it's, it's so wild how you can write songs that are stories that other people and you don't realize it until you make it all the way. That's that's always one of the coolest things to me. But and you know, their story intrigues us because, of course, we I feel like we're Johnny and June. Because you know, when you hear hear their story and it, and there's been people we've brought on the show that's been friends was friends with Johnny and all that. So they would tell us stories and of Johnny back then, and and it's like, man, you know. Although I didn't go that wild, but I was still, you know, 19 years of addictions until 13 years ago. Well, well December 26th would be 13 years sober. And but the first five years of our marriage went through heck because of um, the addictions, especially for her. And but, she, you know, she loved me through them. And I guess the way that June loved um, Johnny through his when you watched her story and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I really don't think I'd be here. And I know we wouldn't have our two kids if she didn't, if, you know, she didn't just stand by me, love me through that process. And now we can go out and say that we made it through that darkness. Wow. We did. Yeah. <clears throat> and like I said, that song really touched me because when I heard that song, I think it implemented exactly what she went through. Wow. Wow. Um I'm glad I could be a voice for like that, you know. Um, what, what's so? I, I live th about thirty minutes north of, of of Nashville. Yeah. And why went to go see Johnny Cash's house? Um, it was a couple of years after we had moved, but we, we found the address and we went by. It burned. Um, I believe by a member. Some seventies group, I think, bought the house and then. They burned it by accident. Um, oh, wow. Um, but somebody, yeah, somebody burned Johnny Cash's house down. Um, so I wanted to go see what was left. Um, and it's like, it's like it looks like ancient ruins. It's really odd, actually. Oh, um, wow. But then a neighbor from across the street, uh, I parked my car off on the side of the road, and I think he thought it broke down. So he um, came over and started talking to me, and he said, oh, they were so great to live across the street. Oh, wow. Um, so he said that when they were doing landscaping, Jude would run down with like sweet tea and stuff. And, and, and <laughs> oh well, now that's pretty cool. That so cool. as we get started here, um, been a crazy year, and I always like to talk about that part of it first. Um, hopefully next year we can take this part out one day. We hope that. <laughs> but as, nice, how has COVID affected you, and what have you done to maneuver through all that? Um, well. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about this before we even talked today because when, what am I going to say that's going to be different from 
probably every other person, like we talked about Sawyer's interview, I heard him talking about how difficult it's going to be um, with getting ticket sales back. What, what, mm -hmm. Y'all, yep, yep. And <laughs> it's, it's odd, I think, because the music community is such a, it's, it's such a whole other animal, you know, so to speak, from other industries and businesses that have all been affected. Um, yeah. Yeah. To me, it just, oh my gosh, like it's been so difficult to watch, even just as, as, a, as a bystander. Um, but I'm really grateful. Uh, I started back in... Well, 2020 was supposed to be a fun year. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Yeah. The segue at all because uh, we did so much. Uh, I was supposed to be going to the UK for the very first time to go play. Uh, mm -hmm. Who I had just been waiting to meet for so long um, in in May. So when everything kind of stopped in March, uh, I had released a song the week before everything got declared a pandemic. So. Um, that release kind of got overshadowed. I do understand the global pandemic does take precedence, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but it's been really odd to watch, I think, um, being here in Nashville, and as we had talked briefly before starting the interview, with so many people, uh, I'm gonna say landlocked here, um, mm -hmm. you know, not on the road, not on buses and minivans, cars, traveling around the country playing, it's odd to, kind of everyone be in this holding pattern, especially yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. crew. Um, I don't think it's talked enough about the crew members who wow. have spent their entire lives on tours and have incredible rosters and resumes. And um, I was even reading a friend's post today, something about trying to seek employment outside of touring um, many companies are hesitant to hire, um, I don't want to say ex-touring professionals because they still right. are highly trained professionals, but yeah. um, yes. people are nervous because they think that when um, touring picks back up, they're just going to up and leave and things like that. So I always- And that's probably true because think about it, that's where their life is and they just need to get by now until, until that comes then. back. Mm -hmm. And- Yes, and, <laughs> For professionals, they are probably the most like if you need somebody at the eleventh hour to do something outrageous, hire a manager, hire a merch guy. I mean, they will get it done for you and risk life and limb to do so because they're just uh -huh. that. Kids. Um, I, uh, from an artist standpoint, um, I mean, I'm probably not alone here feeling just a little uninspired. I guess for this past year, some people kind of took the lockdown in stride and. Uh, and wrote whole records, and that's awesome. I can tell you I didn't. Um, <laughs> just because it's been a lot, I think, to unpack. Um, and I kind of decided that I was just going to shut that brain, shut that part of my brain off as far as, I mean, I could sit here and beat myself up saying, you could have done this, and you could have done that, and you were supposed to go to the UK, and you had all these dates planned. and. Um, I just kind of forgave myself a little bit and mourned mourned the loss of these experiences that I was hoping for. Right. And then tried to put as much of my energy into um, finishing school because I had to um, 
I put a pause on my classes to go out and do Idol a couple of years back because um, there was no way I was going to do work through Hollywood Week. So I put a pause on that and touring had just been so heavy since then I hadn't picked it back up. Um, so I went and just jumped headfirst into finishing the last couple credits for my master's and I finished um, and on Monday. Uh, I finished my, my bachelor's and I picked up an incredible, I don't even want to say job, um, I, I mean, really op opportunity, blessing. I've, um, I know a family here in Nashville who, uh, they were involved foster care. The, um, mm -hmm. there's a child that they, uh, were, were fostering and they were moving towards adoption. And I've always loved working with kids. I think they're the fun thing because they say exactly what's on their mind. <laughs> they so do. Yes. With the music business, people are always, I think, you know, kind of skirting around what they want to say, saying something else. Kids just don't have time for that. So I've always loved working. They just blurt it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I find a position tutoring because I knew a lot of kids were needing help and assistance through online school. And the family that I knew um, in the process of going towards adoption, Metro Nashville, completely went virtual. So now I'm her uh, tutor three days a week. And oh, wow. Option October 30th. So now she's uh, officially adopted, and I'm her, like, I guess, like little Jack Black School of Rock tutor, um, you know, <laughs> stuff, but also the, we, um, a couple, several people actually reached out to a post I made on Facebook asking if we could get her a guitar for her adoption present. Uh, I was just asking if someone was selling one. And yeah. mm -hmm here donated one for her and wow. so while everyone's been here and locked i think um i don't know me artists are such good people you know at, at their heart because they have the ability to feel outside of themselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they really came to came to uh, the rescue on that and they've really been helping each other out too so it's interesting times here in nashville um I, that's probably the, <laughs> the the easiest way to say it, but um, <clears throat> probably saying goodbye to people who left Nashville. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, probably around the summer, um, you just started to see people um, exiting their leases. And then when when we all realized this thing wasn't going anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. stuff, but I just feel really blessed to have kind of landed on my feet in a place that uh, that's really still inspiring um, just on a personal level and I'm hoping it'll bring some more music back into old here. I love that. And as like we were talking about before the show, you know, when we launched the show January 3rd, the original plan was a hundred interviews. I thought if we could do that, we'd be ahead of most hosts. Cause I don't know too many hosts that can say they did a hundred interviews their very first year where they launched a show from scratch, knowing nothing, and had a hundred interviews. And then when COVID happened, I told Sandy, "This, this is our silver lining. This is, this is our time to shine." Yes. And we just decided, you know what? Artists, actors, anybody in entertainment, or they're going to need a place to talk. They're going to need a place to rant, whatever. And we're going to give them that platform. And because of that, if I remember, if I'm correct, you're number two ninety one. Oh, two ninety one. All right, I'll go play. <laughs> so we're 
nine away from the big from, from, goal, from yeah. 300 because that's the new goal which yeah. will probably hit that by the seventh to ninth of this month well that's like barely a week <laughs> isn't that cool <laughs> Oh so, so for us, the pandemic has been a, you know, like we kind of joke and, and, and I don't want to take it lightly. I mean, I get no. it. It's a bad situation for Seriously. a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But if you can find opportunity in it, find that silver lining, I think you have to do it. Because one day, five years down the road, if our show does become the size of a Bobby Bones, the size of a Ty Bentley, the size of a Ryan Seacrest show, we'll be able to look back and we'll be able to say, you know, it's because of the pandemic that started that. I heard a wonderful interview about it was on the Dave Ramsey program and mm -hmm. about how if you looked at the 2008 recession, look at uh, apps and programs and things that we use every day that were really created out of that time. Um, oh, wow. Right. We didn't uber was uh, uh, that kind of started being developed around that time and your your instagrams your things that every day um all kind of rose to the occasion and need so i uh i, I think a lot of great things if you know, we can just kind of keep our minds focused on the really great things to me in tutoring i call her my kid but <laughs> tutoring my student um, finishing my degree, which, oh gosh, I thought that was never going to happen because I, <laughs> and I'm 23 now. So I was pleased just <laughs> um, <laughs> with the pause of, of touring still, um, I decided to go ahead and get my, um, begin my master's uh, in elementary education. So I, I'm hoping, um, uh, just kind of keep myself working and grounded and maybe this will open up a whole nother um part of my life i know it's already opened up a whole other part of my heart working with this little girl oh wow so, wow <clears throat> me for the better so as you know a lot of people they ask when did you know you wanted to do music but i always like to go a step further when did it click that that could actually be a career so uh, it's funny you say that I was going through the videos for the Silent Night little music video I put out of all the home videos that I had um, mm -hmm. last weekend. Oh, and we cried. We ugly cried like all weekend. My mom and I trying to get all these videos together. And she goes, No wonder you went into entertaining. Look at you. And there's just a <laughs> thing of me like, Hi, welcome to the Taylor Show. You know, things are. <laughs> camera and I feel horrible about now watching back. I just said, Mom, why didn't you tell me to shut up? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. That's where I think the love of performing and music had come from. And a very musical family that I was always around. But I think when it started to was when I started to become surrounded by people who did get careers. Um, a lot of my little heroes growing up um, they were because I'm, I'm originally from outside of Philadelphia. I say like halfway between Philadelphia, Atlantic City, and then New York, two hours up that way. So um, a lot of musical people um, working in theater, actually. In that. Mm -hmm. um, and I just had the coolest teachers, um, school teachers, uh, creative teachers, musical teachers. Um, 
constantly just pouring so much wisdom and time into my journey, like learning. And I was crazy. I went to Nashville for the first time, uh, show choir. So how dorky is that? Just, uh, <laughs> I mean, like jazz hands and such. I went, I was in middle school and, <laughs> and big click happened for me because the music that I had loved, um, while I did in, love learning from all of my theater teachers and professional mm -hmm. classical vocal training lessons, it was the, the songs and the stories in the songs that I loved much. And then when you, you take a middle schooler and just drop them at, into the songwriting capital of the world, um, yeah. it was right there. I was on that first trip to Nashville, which this past August was 11 years ago. Wow. So when I went back home as a little middle schooler and pulled out all of the records that I remember listening to, um, your Dolly Parton's, Johnny Cash's, Waylon Jennings, and just started loving the the songs for the songs. Mm -hmm. And it, from that point on, it was game on. My parents, crazy enough or nice enough or either annoyed them enough to drive me back and forth. <laughs> I mean, if it, I, they drove me hours and hours to go perform at a boot store on Lower Broadway, and they they just did. They they just did. And I swear, I don't know how I would react if you know my kid was like, "Hey, I want to go sing." They're gonna let me. Okay, like they just. Oh my gosh, I owe so much to them. Um, wow. But that's when everything kind of clicked when, when I could see this this city really built around music and mm -hmm. actually actually doing it actually making a career make, centering their lives around the pursuit of you know, good music and that was really inspiring and still to this day uh this year i haven't been able to do it as much but i think one of the best things about living here is that you can go out any night of the week and see the best musicians sung in the world mm -hmm. get your butt handed to you and you go home and go, I gotta get better. I gotta get better. <laughs> and that's that's the, the most amazing part I think of living and um it, it it gives you new perspective almost ten years into living here still. Wow. I love that. <clears throat> As you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, a Carey, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level in music. And I always want to talk about that side of it because nobody talks about that. It's That's like right. everybody glosses over that. And I've always said on our show, we are not going to gloss over it. We want the rawness that comes out from the artists because they know what goes through. And I'm going to tell a quick story of where I want this to go. Um, back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele with two Steele girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. And I, I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if your heart will allow you to do something else then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She says, if you can see yourself doing something else, it's not worth it to go try to be a full-time career. She goes, because there's so many sacrifices. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand because you know they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't go. 
you you have all these gigs you have to do. They don't understand that. You know, then if you got a gig, you can't cancel it. So, you know, you can't turn down a gig. You can't cancel it. And they don't, you know, someone who works a nine to five just don't understand that side of it because you're 24 seven. They don't get that side of music. Then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice because they have to kind of sacrifice everything around you if you have any chance of making it, especially when you're young. Um, then there's days that where you're just miserable. You're not, you don't feel good, but you got to give that night. You got to get up there and smile and put a mask on, pun intended. Um, <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and, and, and just perform. But then she added, you know, and I like this part where she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. Well, um, you said that was of two steel girls. Mm -hmm. Well, um, first of all, I think she is incredible. Um, I, 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 we've only met each other briefly, you know, at events and such here. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm a huge fangirl of hers uh, online. Please tell her, you know, if because she. Anything she puts her mind to, she just does it. Both her and her daughter. It's it's the coolest thing to, to watch them um, just own it. But for her answer, um, that that is very. I, I, I'm sorry if I'm saying that's very true. Um, I remember telling my mom, "This is something that I have to do." in order to be able to tell myself in the mirror at whatever age it is, mm -hmm. I did it and I tried, uh, whatever that looks like. Even if I, right. you know, I went to Nashville here thinking I wanted to sing into arenas and then I realized no, I really would like to sing songs and wherever that's gonna be, it's gonna be. So it was something that I had to do and something that, you know, I'll piggyback off that thought. Um, when I talk about my parents just kind of saying, yes, we're all, we're all in for you was because of my dad. My dad was a professional baseball player. Um, oh, wow. Wow. His whole, I mean, the whole thing, the whole being 10, 11, 12 and staying late and practicing and practicing. Um, he grew in South Philly, so the Rocky movies, like that's where oh, yeah. family grew up. Like everybody's from there. We're the only crazy ones to move away. So um, <laughs> I always like to say, like where Rocky's running, like in the Italian market, like that's where I was born. Like that's that's it. Um, but same thing. He had to miss birthdays and weddings, and um, he he sat me down when I was in middle school and. I am behind you doing this because I can look at myself now. My, my dad said he can look at himself now as a father of two kids um, when he, he threw out his shoulder uh, so he couldn't pitch anymore. He uh, played professional baseball in Canada and then wow. home um, and uh, he went into the police academy. He's now a retired police officer. He was in uh, Philadelphia officer just his whole journey he says I can wake up every morning and face because I know 
I took the risk and I made the sacrifices. Wow. Oh, wow. Do that. And, and for it, go for it. But if not, be prepared to live with yourself from then mm. on looking at yourself at whatever age going, well, what if I did X, Y, Z? Um, so I really think that ties really beautifully right in with what Allison said. Um, yeah, it, does. it does. Yes. Take a side note to what she said with this year. That was such great advice. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. I'm going to shoot her a message after that. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, when she said, if you can picture yourself doing something else, so March rolls around, and just just this year, just this yes. year, March rolls around, and we go, oh well, maybe May, May will be good. So we just you know cancel and then cancel a little bit more, and then when I think it set in for everybody, whenever it did set in for each individual, that this this is going to change fundamentally what we do mm -hmm. for our careers. Um, I think we did have to, for the first time, I think, start asking ourselves, what are, what, what could we picture ourselves doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we can't just sit at home. And we, we can sit home and create, but um, are we going to be able to live? Because, you, you know, y'all know, you've talked to enough people, uh, and there's a big campaign of it right now um, of, around the Spotify wrapped uh, posts that everyone. Oh made. yes. We've seen those. We're going mm -hmm. editing how much they made, like the artists wrapped posts they're saying. And for all of this, I made $20. Uh. <laughs> um, so you can't just live off of streaming. Everything else is, um, is comes from touring. So touring is the big money maker and you can't do that. You go, okay. What is it that I can picture myself doing? Then that's where that hard question had to come in. And for a little while, I'll be honest with y'all, and you said you wanted the, the raw truth, um, that there was a big question mark of, is this the give up point? Um, is, oh, wow. is this the greater picture saying, hey, let's just focus on what else you can do outside of music? Yeah. And then there was like grieving that possibility of le of losing that part of because your whole identity is wrapped up in this in this odd stage persona that when you get mm -hmm. off stage, mm -hmm. take up off, you go, who's that? I don't recognize that person. <laughs> um, but it's I think that has challenged everybody to take a really good look at who they are, and I I hope with Allison's advice, I hope that. Um, they don't feel that shame of having to picture themselves doing something else. Um, but I can tell you, uh, I hired touring band of a label act who started a landscaping company. Um, mm -hmm. a guy who's putting in fences. Um, I'm tutoring kids. I, um, somebody joined a, uh, is working for a tire company, one of my old guitar players. So if I could stress that, there's no shame and you're not doing a disservice to your music if you're branching out and adding something to your arsenal and to who you are um, yeah. mm -hmm. and might become a part of who you are from here on out i know now here on out something that i'm going to advocate for uh, 
is for uh, foster teens. I, I would love to get involved doing more charities with um, foster teen awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I know that was a very long answer. Um, <laughs> no, I love to talk and my Italian blood will show with me talking. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, and you know, we feel you on that because you know, like, you said, like you said, um, that your dad told you you don't want to get to the point to where you look back and wonder. You know, although, you know, when we launched this show January 3rd, and it was a really big vision for me, I wanted to, I want to take this to the Bobby Bones level and all that. And, you know, there were probably points of this where we probably could have quit. But oh, I think definitely. now um, we're at the point to where, we would regret that the rest of our life. We have to play this out. We don't, we, you know, we, will our show get that big one day? We don't know. But we now cannot not do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, it's like every day that goes by and everybody we bring on and as I sh- our show starts rising and some of the people we have brought on, we're like, okay, we, you know, if, if we took a show from nothing to this, in 2020, what the heck is going to happen in 21? <laughs> yes. <laughs> has been the thing. I know I can't talk for, I don't know. I can't stand my own voice after a certain amount of time. So I know I could not do a podcast, but I mean, <laughs> things happening out of this and, it, and it's exciting. Um, and you're interviewing some of my favorite, not just artists, but human beings. Um, mm-hmm. She, her sense of humor, I swear, is exactly my sense of humor, and it's freaky. It is so freaky. I love. And it. she was raw on that interview because she was. You know, she, she told was the truth about raw. when she won the. You know, when she won Idol. Yes. Um, she was not ready. She was, you know, and it's funny because it's all this is like um, com- is connecting because. We, we interviewed Colin Ray recently, and he talked about the problem with a lot of these shows are is the winners are not ready for afterwards. And it's funny because that's what she, Maddie said. She said yes, that when all of a exactly. sudden I won and we came out of that spotlight, she was I didn't know what to do. Well, can I add something to your point? Because that's very interesting. Um, I was eliminated. So um, y'all know that I went in with my sister, the Maddie Poppy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we turned down those tickets because the producer wanted us to, you know, earn, you know, with with one another. We yeah. that my I'm a South Philly Irish Italian, and if you know anything about that stereotype, it's the family, the family, and that that's <laughs> um. Right. I put my family and my love my sister out there for a storyline or for yeah. Rings, like a little puppet. I couldn't do that. My, yeah. not, my soul could not carry that. So we handed the tickets back in. I'm in Ireland playing over St. Patrick's Day. Um, so the following March, I thought they were never going to air us because we tur- turned down the tickets. Like he was like, yeah. you know, done with it, on to the next thing. And lo and behold, it aired. So I don't want to. <laughs> I'm so, oh my gosh, I'm on Good Morning America right now, and they're calling me the sister audition stealer. I need a publicist and a drink, please. <laughs> oh, well. 
Um, so we, we responded to that as gracefully as we could. And then when the show called me back um, the second time, they said, we want you to come back. So I asked my sister. She said, I'm done with that. You go ahead. <laughs> you know what? If they're calling me back, let's just go ahead. I, I, I don't want to turn down an opportunity. Let's ride this out. Yeah. Yeah. I got to point. I don't know how much was disclosed, but there is a point in a lot of the shows where um, you uh, it gets very more legally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, it does. And uh, at a certain point, when things got legally, um, at a certain cut of people, um, I had, had, at the time had a management deal and a publishing deal. So mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. against me. Um, so I just kind of was trying to prepare myself for possible on the show. And um, you didn't see this on TV. And this is, here comes the vulnerable. Y'all didn't see this on TV. But um, this was during the Hawaii episode. Uh, so top 40. And they cut down to 20. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I was the first people to be called in to the the thing where you walk down it's like and you walk down the <laughs> thing and the lights are all going around um and i gave my all of that performance uh, i had no shame and something that i thought was very interesting was they were trying to spin my sister as the jealous sister who didn't let me have the spotlight when in reality I've always been the older sister trying to like bring her along. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, and like you said, the um, sacrifices of parents and kids, I've been doing this thing since I could barely walk and, and stand, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I auditioned for a musical before I could read. That's a true story. I bugged my mom so bad to take me. She brought me to an audition for a musical and she told the director, look, my kid can't read, but she saw the ad, realized it was for Fiddler on the Roof. She watches it and knows all the words because she watches it. Can you please just let her sing so I can live? Um, <laughs> that's what happened. So I've been, you know, a part of this and when I got to the, when I got to the, um, the critique, mm. I think something came out wrong. I think maybe something was written wrong. And Katy Perry delivered the critique and she said, you know, we think you did great and you had a presence about you. Um, very rebo. However, we think, and I quote, I think you look too old and too polished. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. So that mm. told to me at that top 40 cut. I immediately ran back to the room and started changing out of all my stuff because I said, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of this room mm -hmm. in front of me because in my mind, this is about to go on TV that I am too. Mm -hmm. That was the day of my 22nd birthday that they said that. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Wow. I was on, I was so nauseous at the thought of something going on about, of, of something airing saying I was too old. Like I've always looked older for my age. It's been a struggle. Oh, 
<laughs> right. I just remember we were at the, the Disney Resort in Hawaii, and I thought, I mean, I just thought I was going to be sick. So I grabbed onto the Mickey Mouse trash can and just started crying. And my mom was like, <laughs> we got to get you out of here. You're not well. And we just got to get out from where all the cameras went are because I, I'm done. You're done. We're done. Let's go. Wow. Wow. Yes. Given that I got cut, it was that um, they said you are too old and too polished. So immediately I'm going too polished. I've been working at this since I was 10, 11 years old. I mean, this is all I've ever wanted. What do you mean too polished? Mm -hmm. I was as ready as I felt like I could be for a 22 year old. I, I mean, I trained. And I thought that's what you're supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah, you think that's Tell, wh why would you not inform you, you, the people who you have? In, I don't know. It's just a whole thing that I have. You know, Maddie had performed and performed and performed before going on the show. And then launched them into this thing, this big old legally jargon thing. And they're just very... I mean, who do they have to turn to? They have a lawyer that's provided by the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember even saying during the one audition, I said, can, can I use my own legal representation? The only reason why I say that is because I've been doing it again since I was 10. So I know how contracts worked. Um, but yeah, it just breaks my heart because on a personal level, um, and this is something that I think I did share and, and you saw um, the two old things sent me into an absolute spiral. I got really depressed, guys. I oh, mean, well, on hmm. a lot of weight, I started considering cosmetic surgery, which that's not something a 22 year old should do. Yeah, um, that's right. It completely warped my body image. Um, really drained the life out of me after that. I know that sounds very dramatic and it never did make it to TV. So as soon as I watched that episode and that critique was not broadcasted all over, I felt like I could take a sigh of relief and just go, well, maybe I look older and I like older music and that's who I am. So that's what it's going to be. But it took a very long amount of time to get to that. Wow. And you know, the editing a lot of times too is makes, they can make two artists look different. Like I remember in that, in that season, you know, I remember before the season up, I, I've been following Gabby before she announced that she was going on Idol. And I remember when she announced that I told Sandy top five, if not win for sure. And Sandy was like, how do you know she's good at this? I was like, if they let her go to the live America, will love her. And as she gets going through the seasons, each each episode, I was noticing that but when she got down to the final three and they sang their hearts out and I noticed the editing changed and all of a sudden everything that Maddie and, and of course, she's one of the most humble people out there. Everything mm -hmm. humble they aired with Gabby. I noticed everything that, you know, she's this overwhelming um, woman, she's really awesome at what she does. She gets excited. 
Well, they aired that only that side of her, not the soft side of her. I told Sandy when that episode was over, she won't win. I was like, they just destroyed her from winning. Yep. You know, it scares me so much to be in a situation where the narrative is not able to be penned by me. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I really do count my blessings to be able to have made that statement after that first time around of talking about my sister. And then a year after the cut in Hawaii coming out and saying, this is what was said. And it scared the heck out of me all like it, it did. Wow. Um, but it, I'm for it because one, I never got to go to LA before and it was really bad. <laughs> my dad, myself and my sister found this Airbnb in uh, Century City, I think. Mm -hmm. and had California Christmas. We went to all of the old graveyards in LA with the stars. I know I've been fascinated with the graveyards. Y'all are probably like, who is this chick? But um, who sings, sings and goes to graveyards all the time. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. And it made me, it made me more solidified in what are you going to be? And if you're going to be it, you better be ready to be unapologetic and unable mm -hmm. yeah. moved in it. Because it's very easy when a camera goes on you, when someone behind the camera is pulling something out of you to mirror that back. And yeah. yes. you got to be very aware of that. And it's, it's, it's made me much stronger so I, i'm very thankful for it and a lot of the people that i know now i would have never have been able to meet had it not been for that airing so yeah awesome now know, speaking of music um you're going to play something for us aren't you yes i and i i brought um this little <laughs> pendolin that i love more than oh wow oh, very cool yeah so i don't know if it would be called a a, a, a man guitar or a man or a, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, Y'all hear that okay? Yep. Yeah, we hear it fine. Sounds good. And something funny too is that in being around the world of, of you know, top 40 commercial country, it made me remember, man, I really love those old songs that I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't know what that means for me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I've i said that I'm making this shift to Americana, um, and I'm thankful for that because if I hadn't gotten the chance to see what, like you had said, the glittery, the glittery and the over-the-top theatrics yeah. this, I wouldn't have realized that my heart was really here. So, yeah, exactly. I come to you with my little, <laughs> and uh, I'll do Dear Jude if that's all right with you guys. Oh, we would love that. Yes. I'm gonna make this slower because the allergies in Tennessee are not kind. So <laughs> in Savannah, they're not either. So. Yeah, we understand that. So. What's bad is we're moving to Nashville either next year or the year after that, and I'm sitting here like, well, everything we ha I have allergy-wise, heat-wise, I guess we're not leaving it. Get ready. 
People are looking for, for, for places in mind. Um, we are in, in Hendersonville, you know, Johnny Cashland. Uh -huh. um, it's wonderful. Please come check it out. Come be my neighbor. <laughs> we love that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> this is Dear June. Tell you what, every time I can, I end up in tears on that one. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never fail. It's just you know we went through so much in those beginning years. Yeah. That I know. 
that 99% of the women would have left. And to sit here and hear a song like that and know that she is that part and she wouldn't leave. And she was in love with the guy that couldn't put it down, you know? And yes, I was in love with her and it was a tough season for me. I went through 19 years of it, but the five year, first five years of our marriage, I was still in that. And it really came out when my mom passed away six months after we married. And, you know, cause I was one of them, one of them people that would pick up the bottle. If, if things were going good in my life, I didn't drink as much. Things weren't, it was, so I've been a roller coaster for 19 years before this point. And then my mom passes away. And then it just went over the deep end after that. And then, but she just loved me through all that. And when I hear that song, it's like it puts me in tears every time. Well, it takes a special heart to do that. So, Sam, our hats off to you. Oh, thank um, you. And uh, you know, even though I, I wasn't in a in a romantic relationship with someone, okay. uh, I I was on the road. Um, in a tour bus at the time, mm -hmm. uh, somebody who I loved as as a friend, as a family member, and that um, I'm up drinking his coffee and he's still asleep. Um, I smell the bar room from the shirt on the floor. That was that was me um, in the tour bus every morning. Um, wow. One of the first to one, one of the first to bed. One of the first to get up. I was one female with nine males on a tour bus that I liked to call Link Frat House. Wow, that's tough. Wow. <laughs> so I, I would, I took on the role of bus mother. Um, I, I would always coffee in the morning for the guys. No one told me don't use the bus water for coffee. So I was <laughs> everyone, but anyway. I up making that coffee and you know the they 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 were asleep and all you know their clothes are on that that bus uh bunk little hallway it just mm -hmm. a bar a club you know like <laughs> right <laughs> all, like Regret, you know, just laundry that smells like regret, and uh, um, wow. you know, I, I count my blessings because um, a lot of those guys, you know, it was the first time on a tour bus, so of course, yeah, you know, living life now, you know, maybe wild oats are sown a little bit, and um, you know, they're 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 doing great now, but but to be there <laughs> in in the position of of being that heart of waking up the next morning and and trying to love people well um, yeah. mm -hmm. and just going, Oh my gosh, they're going to kill themselves if they keep it up like this. <laughs> mm -hmm. wow. What's the most iconic love story of, of that? There it is. So I love that. Love it. Uh, as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the team behind them. And I don't care if a person has one person, or 300, like Justin Bieber says he has. Oh, yes. <laughs> a, a team is a team, and team mm -hmm. could be supporters, team could be family. It doesn't matter. Team is a team. And I always think that they don't get enough love. So on our show, we want them to get the love. So if you want to tell us a little bit about the team that kind of helps you be who you are. Well, um, I mean, first of all, my parents, my, my grandparents, um, 
always surrounded by the best music ever growing up. Um, and I thank them for that. Really good music. Um, everything from crooners to country, I, I like to say, because that's what I was constantly around, constantly. Um, my earliest music memory was my grandfather hitting the dashboard to the devil went down the Georgia, you know, it started. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> he used to hit the dashboard so hard, I thought the airbag was going to go off. <laughs> and I'm like, he's going, bah, 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 da, 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 da. and we're, you know, we're driving in the car, going down. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that's what he listened to. I got to tell Charlie Daniels that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 2006. Um, my grandmother, who actually moved here to Nashville with us, she was, um, she was there with me and I said, you know, Charlie, I would like to introduce you to my grandmother and I wish I could introduce you to my grandfather, but my very first memory is him slamming that dashboard so hard. So, oh, wow. And he said, well, thank you for telling me that, as Charlie would say. So, <laughs> so my, my family, uh, without a doubt, because they've been, I mean, I could say my rock, but I mean, they've just been the, the place to land. They've seen me at the lowest of the lows, and they saw me at the highest of the highs. They saw me play the rhyming with William Michael Morgan. That was my life dream. They wow. Were, wow. Um, so really, my family, and they really do step in to take on every role. You know, dad will be bus driver and go somewhere far. Um, my mom, she, she, she could outdo any tour manager um, this side of the world because she can I'll tell her hey I think we had a show in Raleigh she'll go okay I got the car booked I got the hotel booked we're gonna have this here's your itinerary like in minutes <laughs> she's so gifted that way um and uh aside from the family I would have to say the mentors that I've met along the way um very specifically Buddy Brock um mm -hmm. he wrote Watermelon Crawl and uh for tracy burke oh. and i mean oh. i'm oh, cool. just me going to buy stuff <laughs> after you know many trips up to his place in mount juliet he took me under his wing and um now we're very good family friends and he's a huge blessing in my life so um just all the writers who just poured their time wisdom into me um i really hope that you know by tutoring and teaching whether it be music you know on the side once touring gets back up and going or whether it be teaching in a little more full-time position while while this is still going on um i hope i can be of a mentor and teacher as they call in because those are some big shoes to fill well and speaking of team members we've kind of got a third person for our little eight-year-old we yes, have we come on our show to ask one question to each guest yes yeah, so sandy's gonna go get him real quick and then okay and then our 20-month-old daughter when she gets older we'll be plugging her into the show too so oh, awesome i can't wait to see them all right so is he questions for me yeah, he's he's gonna ask one question. He'll we'll, we'll always bring him on to ask one question. I love that y'all make this a, a event because there's nothing more special and precious than something you can share with your family. So y'all are doing 
Well, like I tell everybody, we are a family affair show. And we even created the name Family Affair Media. So. <laughs> so we'll see how far that can run, you know. And it's it's def definitely been an interesting time with the show. And, and little Chris loves this part of it. Yeah. In fact, he gets up. There's been a few times where the artist had to leave really quick. And he didn't get. So he'd be like, well, why? I didn't get to ask my question. Well, you please tell him that. Hey! Hi, Pete. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Yes. He's quick. That's a good question. Uh, well, I am Italian. I come from an Italian family. So I'm going to have to say pasta and too much of it because they get too much. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Yes, my... Uh, what? <laughs> What's your favorite food? Pizza. You know, that's always a good one. <laughs> so, um, what kind of music do you like to listen to? A country music. You know? Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I gotta tell you, you have a great mom and dad who are bringing you into uh, the world of of us crazy musicians, but um, you're gonna learn so much from all the people that you meet, and you are definitely one blessed little boy. So um, it's been so awesome getting to talk to you. Did you have any questions? Hmm. Um. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Okay. Well, if you think of any more, okay, you have mom or dad reach out to me, and I'd be happy to get to them for you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> is is Santa coming? Maybe. Yes. Yes. Have you been good? Yes, I have. Well, I, that that's good. That's good. That's that's half the battle, right? Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully he won't have to quarantine for fourteen days. Get here right on Christmas on time, okay? Okay. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Of Okay. Yeah, he loves that and all that. <clears throat> he does. But you know, we wanted to always be a family show, and yes, uh, we keep. If it we're fun. gonna do it, we might as well we might as well include them into it. I mean, yes, Caitlin I, will be included when she can talk. I mean, I know some professions talk. you can't do that, but with this, we can, so we do. Yes, <laughs> that is so awesome. I, I think that is just the best. <clears throat> so, um. If you could co-write with any person, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, man. That's such a good question. Um, I'm like going down my list here. <laughs> so, uh, y'all know that I'm a huge John Prine fan. Mm. Yeah, uh, yes. So, John, but of course, that's every other songwriter's dream, right? Um I would have really liked to have gotten the to write with some of the writers who were here in the nineties. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, and I only know so much about them because Buddy, the songwriter from Watermelon Crawl, has told me so many stories. Oh wow! Wow. He used to tell me before Music Row was condo row, as I like to call it now, um, <laughs> he said you would just walk 
in his voice, he would say, you just walk in and out of these houses and they'd be, sometimes the smoke would be so thick. And I'm like, I don't know. I want to know what kind of smoke, but you, <laughs> <laughs> but he said, he said there was this great camaraderie with the writers that mm -hmm. there's camaraderie, but not the kind that was of ages past. Yeah. And I spoke to, um, to Troy Tomlinson of Sony Music, um, and I said, what is the one thing that you would say Nashville has lost amid it becoming the it city? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he, he, he was a baby in, in, you know, the, in the business in the 90s. Yeah. But he grew into this position yeah. and he said, he stopped. He was like, that's a really good question. Uh, and I don't think he was prepared to answer it. And I wanted the, the juicy, you know. Um, <laughs> but it was so profound. He said, you don't see writers going to each other's writers, kids, um, you know, weddings. Oh, wow. Wow. Going out for a drink after you know after a ride and then going home to their families like they used to um you just don't see that kind of camaraderie anymore. and I'm, I'm sad about that because i think the mentality the scarcity mentality, mentality is kind of kicked in um yeah. back when nashville was a boom town in the 90s and my mom and i always say you were born 20 years too early no too late too late <laughs> Wow. But then I wouldn't have been able to, you know, FaceTime with y'all. So, um, I, I'm sad that I missed that, but I hope that once all of this comes back. Uh, this year could change it. It could. We I, hope so. I would like to see the camaraderie of Nashville. Um, you know, you'll have your country writers and your Americana writers, but I would just really... I hope that the camaraderie will come back because all of us realize deep down how bad we need it to be created. Yeah. Love um, that. And uh, that that is my hope. Definitely love that. Uh, you know, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story to the, before I ask that same question to the guests because the you know the answer she gave us back then is almost to the teeth of what she's living now. She knew where she was going. She, she had did. that vision. Now, granted, I know that this could change now because of this year. The answers, but for the most part, there's still that dream that's there within the music world. So, where do you want to be in five years? So let's see. I'm 23. So let's math real quick. I'll be 28. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be 28. Okay. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, for me, and I think I said earlier, originally the dream was arenas and the dream was big tour bus caravans. And now it's much different, um, especially having had this year with my family. Family's always been important, but being able to take a year to be with them. Yeah. Yes. Um, I realize how important it is to to be so grounded and with them. Um, so I'll give you two scenarios. If music 
does not come back to the point in in five years if 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 small still have not recovered and it's difficult to tour full time to make a living mm -hmm. uh, i would very much like to see myself through this school year teaching um in whatever capacity that may be I actually know of a Tennessee online homeschool program. I was homeschooled, so. No, um, Chris has home, been homeschooled. Yes, Christopher's homeschooled. He loves it. <laughs> um, and I loved it so much. And because it's online and remote, everything's online. And you know, you're having these these connections. Um, I could technically teach from anywhere. So. Mm -hmm. that I could go from August until May. Um, the touring season really doesn't pick up until your March, May. I'm sorry, your April, May. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have your summer, and then the um, the end of the summer you have your harvest festivals on the weekends. Um, right. That would be wonderful because I would still get to be able to tour. You know, outside of Nashville, you know, you got your Kentucky, you're here, and you're there, and you're there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be if touring does not come back to the capacity um, that I would be able to do it full time. That's kind of contingency plan. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Does come back to a point where um, where I can work music full time. Um, I would love to be playing venues that are venues where heard um, it's much smaller. Um, but venues where you, where songs are heard, more listening room type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I know I'm not gonna walk away a millionaire, but at this point, that's not um, that's that that's not the goal. If I can make a livable wage, cool. You know. <laughs> and 28, man, I would like to at least hope that I started a family of on the beginnings of starting a family of my own there too. So. You know, to to be continued in that. Yes, <laughs> that capacity. That's always been um, a dream of mine. You know, some artists, you know, decide that that they're going to marry music, um, but I, I don't know. I'm just a big sucker for kids, and I need some of my own someday. crazy. They're a handful, but they're fun. They're too. awesome. Yes. Yeah, so fun. I talked to my mom, and this year I, it's just been so tough. And as we were watching the videos, I said, "Mom, I, I don't, I don't get my life right now." And she said, "Once you have kids, no. start a family, or get married to somebody that you love, everything starts to make sense." Mm -hmm. That's true. In which to see things. So, um, yeah, that's definitely in that. That's always been in my heart to have so we'll 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 see we'll see how that goes <laughs> yes <laughs> I love that so um let's look 10 15 years down the road and let's say that you're a success and whatever that looks like you've made it whether that's through another arena through music but you've made it you're a success on a grand scale if the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I would remind her because 
at this point, I'm hoping that this 10, 15 year girl down the road, I'm hoping that she will have continued to be honest with herself, be true to herself. All these things that I've had to work so hard in the past couple of years to come to that peace and conclusion. Um, I would want to remind her of what it was, what it felt like to fill a role of somebody that you weren't. Um, I don't know if you, you and I have, if we've been following each other since I, I, I was blonde. Um, but when I was blonde, everybody looked at I remember me. that. Young blonde country. So of course, you know, you fit the, people expect you to be the Taylor Swift. And I wasn't. Uh, yes. How weird yeah. is that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, um, I, I, I would remind her of how awkward that was. Um, and I would also remind her of this year, especially, um, granted, uh, hoping things are all 10, 15 years down the line, you know, uh, fixed and, and back to school. Yeah. Oh, we hope so. Yes. I would really <laughs> remind her of the, um, of the soul searching that took place this year because it was a lot of hard work. And if she forgets, I would, you know, upside of the head. <laughs> Don't you remember 2020? All the work you did. <laughs> all the soul work you did. Um, yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to remind her, and then I would also want to say, you go, girl. See, you worried all that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Down to our last question. Let Let's say you've got a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing. And there's definitely something special there. Um, as Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. Um, but they played maybe 40 or 50 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person? to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? Um, okay, get ready to question everything <laughs> that you thought you were. Everything that you thought you stood for because you better figure out what it is because once you get tossed into the lines then, they're gonna make, they're gonna, um, they're, they're going to make you really question if that is what you believe. So um, if you have, whether it be a moral belief, a religious belief, whether you, um, there's something that's foundational to who you are, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. got that close to you at all times. Because um, I know that that's, that's what's navigated me. Um, yeah, get ready to question everything. Um, and also get ready to... Uh, have people maybe not looking after your best interest and have the discernment to know when it's time, you know, you yeah. know, not burn a bridge, but when, when a chapter is closed to be at peace, closing that chapter, because the chapters are there for a reason. The, the, the relationships, the, um, the, the, the different experiences are there for a reason, but when, when it's, when they've served themselves and the chapter's coming to a close, be okay letting that season go 
because something really neat can come from it. Even if you don't have no idea what that is. Um, I've just undergone something like that. I don't know what this next season looks like at all, but um, I'm at peace with letting season and chapter close. Um, yeah. Yeah we, yeah, we definitely know where you're coming from too, because at least I do. Because you know, as we're building this show, I question everything. There are there are moments where I'm like, this ain't never gonna work. We're never gonna, you know, <clears throat> you know, almost every day I question that, and, and it's like, you know, I've never, you know, I believe we're gonna make it work, but then there's always that doubt in the back of your head. You're like, uh, who do you think you are, you know? <laughs> you know? So it's like. One of the things, and I know artists go through the same thing. Entertainers go through the same thing. It's like, um, you know, you could hear 10 compliments, but you get that one negative and, and you focus on that one negative thing, even though you just got 10 compliments. <laughs> um, I'm going to piggyback off of that two other things. Um, one, define your definition of success as an artist, as a person who creates, is going to look very different than someone who has maybe never picked up an instrument. Um, and when your hometown people go, oh, well, she's not on the ACM award, she must have <laughs> No, 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 you didn't fail. You're doing your thing great. Yeah. Yes. You know, and then and that's why I'm so happy I was able to see what that life was like while yeah. mm -hmm. I, I couldn't do that. I don't like that. <laughs> I, and you know, American Idol, I don't want cameras up 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 on top of me like that all the time. I'm a, I'm, I learned I'm a very private person after that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would say that and. Um, Oh gosh, what was that one other thing I wanted to say? Uh, definitions of success and because um, I was talking about the questioning every everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, here's okay. Um, questioning everything and. Uh, uh, I, I don't think this is it, but I think I do think maybe this is perhaps more important. Um, artists do have a, a different way of looking at the world. Um, I'm, I'm a huge dork when it comes to the MBTI. I don't know if you're in the Myers-Briggs type indicator test. Um, I did a whole project on, on, on it in college, and it's incredible because the artistic types throughout history have always been these this little list of types. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm with those little lists of types for um, them to because they see the world so different and they feel yeah. mm -hmm. that um, that leads to a lot of I think mental um, health situations that might mm -hmm. um, like I, I had I went into such a depression after idol um, don't feel any shame in that uh i always ask my mom i said well why did god make musicians so wonderful but then also 
it's like you, we're going to give you talent, but we're also going to give you this crippling self-doubt, anxiety. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and that's for any creative, I think. I think all creatives yeah. get that. The, the tortured soul, the tortured poet, the tortured, you know, whatever. It's, yeah. Um, I, I'd say don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, and there's a, a great resource I could recommend out of Nashville. Um, it's called Porter's Call. They hmm. are um, they are free. You can have a couple sessions there for free and they focus just on the issues that come with touring and being a musician. Oh, and, wow. Mm, wow. Um, supporters call um, or just reach out to a friend, a past, uh, a role model in your life. Um, preferably one who understands what it's like to be a creative. Yeah to share that because the longer that you keep that on your shoulders um the harder it's going to be for you to create and um you got to keep creating so yes. don't <laughs> burn up on by yourself because every other musician i can guarantee you is going through the same thing i love that yeah and you know as we come to a close here tell everybody how they can reach out to you yes so if, um if you'd enjoyed my rambling for the past little while, weird, <laughs> 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 wacky world. Um, uh, let's see. So there's always the website, PeytonTaylor.com, P A Y, like it is right here. Um, yeah. um, I'm super active on Instagram. That's where I, I, I tend just to do a lot of my my back and forth. Um, but you know, Twitter. That's for just random thoughts. And uh, and Facebook Facebook as well uh, Facebook.com slash Peyton Country, um, but all all the links are all are all on there, and I do try to um, get back to everyone as much as possible. I try to get back to every comment on an Instagram post, uh, even if it takes a couple days. I try to get back to everybody. Yeah. Um, so please reach out and uh, and share your stories. I I remember when you shared that story, Chris and. Um, my, my mom was moved to tears. She couldn't believe it. So there's a lot of <laughs> our story. Um, so share them. I'd love to hear yep. them. Stories matter. They yeah. do. Yes. But I mean, even through the Bible days, when you look at Jesus, you know, he shared things in stories. Right. That's the power of a story. Now imagine if Jesus were a songwriter. Ooh, wow. <laughs> That'd be That's powerful. That's think about. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been cool. It would have. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show yes. today, and we definitely look forward to having you back. 